Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Seven minutes after two. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Mutine. You're on SAFM. Now, on Friday, something very important happened. And it's important for me because there just hasn't been enough clarity around this. So a group of women called them, calling themselves a thousand women trust, okay, took the Department of Social Development to court, to government to court, essentially, um, to force government to allow them to continue with the work that they've been doing before COVID-19. So they are an NPO and they usually provide um, soup and food and they run a soup kitchen type situation. And they also have been distributing food parcels. This is over and above. This is this is what they've been doing before COVID-19. So obviously they were continuing on that work. But I think you remember even on Friday, we had a caller who said, you know, we were trying to set up something, myself and the friends, and we were in trouble with the police because in this period, we were not allowed or authorized to give hand out food to the people on the streets and so on. So anyway, the 1000 Women Trust took the department to court and uh, they succeeded. In fact, the court application was brought by the 1000 Women Trust. The court made the ruling on Friday, which prevents soup kitchens and NGOs from being shut down for now until the matter is heard in full in June. For me, this is a win. But let me just give you a slight clip of the response that 1000 Women Trust had. She had a conversation yesterday with Stephen Curtis. Listen to this all these mixed messages coming from National Department of Social Development uh, about pulling up all food donations up to her office and then about uh, doing uh, um, and telling NPOs where to give food and what food to give. And that obviously caused a lot of uh, discomfort with the NPO sector um, because we were not even spoken to, we were not uh, uh, consulted, we just got these rumors or media reports. And like you say, it was very confusing to us. Yes, at this stage, um, we have got the right to continue like we were before with soup kitchens and with distribution of parcels to our communities. Um, and obviously, we have to adhere to all the regulations around social distancing, uh, washing hands, wearing masks, and controlling uh, our, our the clients in our queues uh, who are accessing food. But the main problem is that not everybody qualifies for those food parcels that have been distributed. And even for the 350 relief fund, not everybody qualifies. So we have got a huge number of mainly single mothers and children in our communities that we work in that have no food and our, we were forced uh, to have more soup kitchens and we were forced to distribute more food. Okay, so that was a conversation that the CEO of A Thousand Women Trust had yesterday morning with Stephen Crutus after that court ruling, just basically explaining to us. And what this means is that for the next four weeks, food distribution by NGOs can continue as normal before the matter finally comes to court again in June. Now, I've got with me Juluka Falconer, who's a CEO of 025 Soup Kitchen, and they also are... I imagine um, affected by this particular ruling. Juluka, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Camilla. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. So please help us contextualize this because we, we don't have the Department of Social Development, unfortunately, with us. We have requested them. Apparently, they're all in virtual meetings and nobody can clarify for us. For, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and as you could hear from 1000 Women Trust, they, there is an allegation there that says that, you know, there isn't enough consultation, consultation happening with people like yourselves. What's your experience as an NGO? So uh, generally, we, of course, watch the space and all the communications very carefully. And as far as we could follow, um, it was just a directive from the National Department of Social Development um, around both the um, soup kitchens and the um, food parcel distribution. And um, we were watching it. For us, it never went beyond a draft stage. And I know that some provinces and districts officials started implementing it and closing individual soup kitchens and getting involved on ground level, but um, it, it didn't happen to us here in KZN, I think, generally, at least not to us here in Durban. So um, we were uh, going strong since we opened up at the end of April. So we do two things. We cook five liter sealed buckets of chicken stew in a wonderful restaurant that opens specifically for this purpose. And uh, we don't hand them out where we cook them, which I think is a big difference to some organizations that were closed down. Mm-hmm. We um, load them in buckies and we distribute them door to door following protocol. So I think that is a big issue around this. But um, Do you look at we, what is protocol? That's exactly, I think this is for me what's at the core of this problem. What, yeah. what, what is for, for you, you're saying that, you know, you haven't been in trouble. And I'm asking myself, were you just lucky? <laughs> or you you understand what protocol is, and I ask that really seriously because uh, you would know that a lot of people want to help, and there is also this the sense that people feel like what do, what can we do? You know, not necessarily wait for government to do the work. What can we do? And some people want to hand out parcels. Some people want to cook food. Do you understand protocol yourselves? So there's two different things here. The one is the preparing of cooked food that yes. obviously has to um, happen in hygienic and uh, okay. protocols, you know, uh, kitchens and clean environments. Yeah. Um, also the packaging, um, wherever you decant it into, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then comes the distribution of it. So this distribution is, is covered by um, the permit for essential services for the general food distribution. Okay. And there, um, the Department of um, Trade and Industry gave vehicle instructions how you are allowed to distribute food. How, how, um, how, how, just uh, let me follow you a little bit, please. Yeah. I beg your pardon, Juluka. Absolutely. I just no, want to no, make no. sure that I follow you. Yeah. Is this distribution permit that you're talking about now yeah. a permit that allows you to distribute cooked food even before we were on level three i mean you know what i mean we 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 before we were on level four i beg your pardon in other words did you get this cooked food distribution permit even before the rest of the country was able to move cooked food around there is two things so the kitchen gets a permit to cook food for um, distribution essential services and then we have a general permit that says the distribution of food items. It yep. doesn't differentiate between dry food in boxes or in packets and cooked food. And this was before level four? It was. But now that you're asking me, you worried that somebody might pick up on that and there was something in between. But it was never gazetted. So we, we always watched what was in draft and what was actually actually at the end gazetted. So what, what, what I mean, they, we, all of us were under the impression that... that uh, you know, K 
catering services for argument's sake, and I, I imagine you would probably fall under that, were, unless you were in essential service, like you said, you qualified as an essential service, were discontinued at level five. And we've only opened up this distribution of cooked food in level four. Hence, I'm asking, were you distributing cooked food in level five? Uh, yes, we were, okay. but we are not a catering service. So we are a nonprofit organization yes. and we have a nutrition and food distribution program outside lockdown. Yes, in all our regular programs. So, so we you do were, this on a monthly basis. So you we were, were just a- continuing what we're doing. Correct. So you were able COVID. you were able to use your current status as an NGO to get this permit as an essential service. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh it's interesting because <laughs> other people found themselves in trouble for the very same reasons. And you are you're aware of that, right? That's why, uh, that's why this court yes, case happened. So that's we, why this yes, court we case. have several platforms. Um, I think who was speaking there before in that little clip you had yeah. was Tina Kiat. Um, we have several platforms where we all exchange news and updates. Mm. And uh, as she said very correctly, there was a lot of mismatched information and some things didn't add up at all. Mm. Um, and uh, we were never approached. Okay. So neither the restaurant we cook our cooked food nor us as an NGO <laughs> was ever approached. Um, and asked to change things or <laughs> stop certain uh, outreaches. We we were just we just basically you, you, the need is so big, <laughs> you know. We are not because there's some red tape all of a sudden threatened. We're not going to stop feeding people. I, it is just not what this is about. I'm startled by the fact that, to be quite honest, Juluka, I think you were living on a wing and a prayer, and you were lucky. And it's a good thing for many people to have been your beneficiaries, because. What do you now understand of this court ruling? Well, I, I hear that um, uh, it will still be um, tabled in the middle of June yes. and on some uh, court date. Yeah. So um, you look, we feed two tons of food every day. And every day there is no trouble and nobody is coming to try close the restaurant down or us down. Is another um, two tons of food for needy people. So I will just watch the space and see what will emerge from this. But I think there's very loud voices. Yeah. This is just, it makes no sense. Um, you know, I, there will be very interesting statistics coming out of this at the end of the COVID-19 yeah. Uh, food relief and uh, distribution, what the private sector, the NGOs actually achieved. Yeah. And it is enormous. I mean, it is enormous what has been done. And it is enormous which gaps we fill mm. for people who did not receive from yeah. the government department. Let me just know. ask you this quickly, Jaluka. I, yep. I don't have much time. Te- it's a technical question, but do we know if this is a provincial issue or it's a national thing? That, so, as I again, I'm asking, were you just lucky or is it because KZN has its own rules and you, you are fine? Uh, it might be that I have been lucky. Um, I know that some kitchens in KZN had a problem, but oh. I know it had to do with... Um, the preparation of food, mm. number one. And number two, it had to do with they were handing out food where they were and they attracted crowds ah, yeah, and there yeah. were no social distancing measures. There were no masks and that just can't okay. continue. You know, so I, I, that was reasons why these 
um, institutions had problems. It's complicated, isn't it? Jaluka, thank you for the work that you're doing and keep on doing that. And uh, I suppose we'll speak in June when we finally get to hear <laughs> what, what the court says. And then we will see if we were yeah. so lucky. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. thank you. Continue what Good. you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Jaluka Thank you. Uh, she's, a, she's a CEO of Zero to Five Soup Kitchen. And uh, this was on the back of a court ruling that was handed out on Friday. And in the meantime, what that means is that NGOs and soup kitchens can continue doing their work until June when the court case will resume. And uh, this court, um, you know, this court application was brought forward by a thousand women trust, uh, which uh, had decided that they're going to take government to court because they suddenly found themselves in a very strange situation where they had been giving people food before COVID-19 and they were running a soup kitchen and they were told to stop. So they decided to take uh, social development to court and um, this particular court ruling allows them now to continue that work until June, which is when the court will resume and then make a final decision on the matter. So for now, for those who are interested, uh, I suppose one can say that if you follow the guidelines of health and safety, you are able to continue with soup kitchens. Just make sure that the distribution also doesn't cause chaos in the sense of you are responsible about social distancing and so on. And so for now, it's possible. Just make sure that you follow the rules.